0: and your coach kiana welcome to diva on the block where we take you to the backstreet of this whole blockchain bitcoin and crypto shenanigans to help you get a better understanding of what really is going on how you can take advantage of it and today i'm super excited to have ibm's nitin gore on an And Nitin and I met at Consensus New York event and we hit it off talking about innovations and enterprise developments. He's been leading at IBM's Blockchain Labs. He's actually the director of IBM's Blockchain Labs, where he is doing a ton of cool stuff around organizational understanding of blockchain technology and Industry specific applications is authored two books hands on blockchain with hyperledger and blockchain for business His mission is building a blockchain for enterprise practice. It's welcome to the block
1: Thank you for having me uh, Really happy to be here and glad to see you again after consensus.
0: Yeah, it's awesome so tell us what you've been up to like your mission sounds very hard to understand like when i'm like okay what is blockchain what exactly is it that you do
1: yeah you know that's interesting because i think blockchain as we discussed at consensus and prior to this call i think it's a pretty wide domain and uh, some of us who are been heads down in this field this domain from you know since the the very beginning uh, what me and my team globally does is we establish blockchain labs to sort of bring bear, you know, to bearing some of the understanding of technology and sort of having the clients understand the use of technology, the, uh, the design approach that goes in design solutions, uh, defining the technical elements, the business blueprint, and then mapping that business blueprint to technology blueprints to make blockchain meaningful. In the enterprise space, uh, it's truly a challenge because there are other elements than technology in terms of investment appetite and so on and so forth. So our team's goal is to simplify that and, de- and define from soup to nuts in terms of the design that's needed to build a prototype that's used as a as a tool to uh, facilitate wider understanding and 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 garner support from the larger enterprise. And that has been the primary function from past four plus years for me and my team.
0: So what is your background? How did you get into this?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great <laughs> question, right? Because so I used to lead uh, Blockchain, you know, uh, I lead IBM mobile payments about in 2011 time frame. So this is still in early stages of blockchain as as an industry. And in that conversation, I met many payment processors, payment networks, uh, tech companies. And in every conversation, while we're trying to revolutionize the way we move money, the way we handle payments, ease of using mobile devices as a wallet, as a payment instrument... In every conversation, blockchain kept popping up. And this is the early Bitcoin and Ethereum days. Uh, in fact, it was mostly Bitcoin back in the day. And so we had to do, do something about it because it was a significant amount of conversation went into the potential of technology. And at the time, the only use case that we could see was Bitcoin. And so we went back to labs, did some extensive research in terms of understanding what it is. And we spent about, I would say, back in the day, about six to eight months in figuring out blockchain as a transaction system, and then many of us went back to our senior leadership to look into this a bit more with a serious lens to make the right investment, to be able to, uh, you know, have the support, to be able to treat this as a, as a transformational tra- you know, technology that facilitates a new generation of transaction systems. And lo and behold, after like almost four, four plus years, we entered that space. Uh, in making the right announcements making the right investments and and going all in in terms of you know making you know making that call to say this is a this is a technology that has an enormous amount of potential and so what do we need to do from product services talent uh, and making the right investment in that space and so here we are after after the time
0: so what are these right investments that you made can you tell us or is yeah. you- <laughs> so the first thing
1: is, you know, in, in most of our knowledge workers, investment is in terms of uh, resources, time, people. And, and I think IBM in general, I'm proud to be an IBMer where uh, people are viewed as, as you know, as, as a really important resource. So creating a team and giving us the freedom to be able to explore, experiment and leverage the larger IBM ecosystem from IBM research to the research and area of cryptography and areas of performance and area of high performance computing. I think those are access to our vast and rich resource of talent, but at the same time, creating a new modular design in terms of how do we engage with clients. So it's not only focusing on technical element, but taking technology to the market, I think has, uh, requires a significant amount of, uh, you know, uh, sort of uh, enterprise energy to do it. So when I say investment, I mean, the ability for an enterprise to be able to dedicate and be patient in terms of uh, you know, devising uh, these, uh, these vehicles to take the technology and, and inch towards maturity, uh, I think that's what I mean by investment. So we have a fairly large team now, which was, was started with a few of us. And I think that is uh, a reflection of, of, of our commitment to the tech in general.
0: So I'm going to ask a personal question about IBM, a personal IBM question. So IBM, when I graduated, I I graduated from an, uh, as an electrical engineer in Japan and like my dream would have been to work at IBM back in the day. It was like, you know, the biggest thing. I was like, oh my God, I would love to. And I think you and I can agree that IBM kind of the brand name kind of slowed down in the past few years. Do you think those investments in blockchain is kind of, going to bring IBM back and put it at the forefront of the leadership?
1: So, um, so let me tell you something. I, in, in, like, I see where you're coming from because IBM and I've been to many of the new startup events and people look at you like you know, that you're IBM. And I think it's still cool uh, in the sense that a lot of you know, backend system, and I think one prime reason is when, when we exited the PC division, we don't make consumer products anymore. Right. So if you look at many of the our cohorts in the industry, which is Microsofts and Google and Amazon's of the world, they make consumer products. They are they're touching our lives directly. Right. And in from IBM's perspective, we are the power behind most financial institutions in terms of transition processing. We are working very closely with healthcare institutions with our Watson sort of products in terms of research. So there's a lot of heavy tech and high tech that still touches our life, but not directly. And I think when you refer to the branding, I think because we're not in consumer space or consumer electronic space or dealing directly with the individuals, uh, it may seem that our branding has you know has diminished over time. But I think on the contrary, we are you know we have been constantly working and heads down on on working on some profound systems and some of the life changing technologies like for example blockchain and artificial intelligence and what we're doing with Watson Brand. So I think it's a it's a it's a way for us to re-energize our brand, and I think blockchain-like technologies uh, enables us to be able to do that. But I think it's still relevant. I think we're still cool. Uh, <laughs> many, <laughs> many, many still are, relevant,
0: but yeah, the cool factor has right. a. Especially, so I, I invest in stocks, right? And like IBM. Well, I once I heard I was not investing in the IBM stock. But once I heard that you're in the blockchain field, I'm like, ah, they're joining the cool kids. So it kind of piqued my attention. So that's why I kind of brought it up. I wasn't me trying to be. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I mean, I think that's kind of the feeling yeah. um, on the street anyway. So I wanted to address it, you know, and hear it from you that you, you are still relevant, you are still doing things in the back end. It's not as face to face to people anymore. But you are still actually innovating and moving forward uh, on the back end.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll say this though, right? I mean, I think there's also a gap between the investment decisions made by individual investors versus, and and again, we're not here to talk about investor relations from that perspective. But I think there's a few things. Like, I can vouch for the work that I'm doing with my team and my interface with some of the most brilliant people in the industry, uh, especially with you know the extended research team that's globally located. Uh, we have an amazing talent pool, and the ability for us to be able to synthesize, and ability for us to take the difficult problem that customers give us and go back to our labs and figure out the problems. I think, to me, is a testament that we are still very much relevant. We are still very much in the game in terms of solving some really complex and hard problems. Um, so I would I would leave it at that for now. In in terms of the fact that you know that. Our coolness comes not with, you know, with, with shiny toys, but our coolness to me comes from our relevancy in terms of still be able to really make larger impacts to the society, you know, to the world in general. And I think we have done that and we continue to, to do that uh, in that respect, I think.
0: Well, cool. So tell me a little bit about yourself. So you've written two books. So how did you come about it and how did that happen and what's inside the book?
1: yeah that's thanks for asking the question I've written about in my life about six books uh, in blockchain space it's been about two books and the reason I wrote a few of these books one book was on technology per se which is basically how do you write about blockchain application what are the fundamentals which is consensus cryptography so I spent about two years in field research and I realized that most of our clients were struggling to grasp the concepts around technology and I think the best way to put a mark on something is to write about it. So I was constantly writing on LinkedIn and many of the syndicated publishing platforms, and I realized there was a need for it. And I think the best way to master something is to sit down and write. So I had a team of people, four of us sat down and wrote a book on not just defining the technical fundamentals. So many of the uh, practitioners can start using that as a a foundation uh, talking points, but at the same time, give them a how to uh, that they can, they should be able to quickly get their hands dirty and and be comfortable with the technology, which sort of fuels our agenda of getting as many practitioners as we can. And then I realized that like most technology books and most technology domain, the space is moving so fast that whatever we do is irrelevant and becomes obsolete in a few months. And that's true for most tech or tech stuff that's moving at a very fast pace and so then we realized that the challenge in the space especially in the enterprise space but as well as in the disruptive open which is permissionless space the issue came around business models which is figuring out how to commercialize protocols figuring out the investment rubric that's needed and in general post ico boom and bust if i may use that term mm-hmm. uh, you realize there was a lot of confusion in the space in terms of not just understanding crypto but understanding the economic models behind and understanding the business structure that's needed to fuel the industry forward. And so then again, we went, sat down, did research for four and a half to five months with various reports in the industry and took our collective experience with clients because we had the same challenge with the clients in devising business models and figuring out the investment needed for these projects to get off the ground. And so we sat down and wrote the book purely on blockchain for business, which basically addresses not just the fundamentals for Sort of getting the resources in terms of investment, talent, uh, business models, and business structures, but at the same time, uh, using the same rubric to see the permissionless world, which is the crypto world, with the same lens to say there has to be fundamentals, there has to be business happening on these networks, otherwise, all the valuations are purely speculative, right? And that is the intent of the second book, which I think has a longer, uh, you know, has a longer shelf life and longevity because it it touches. More relevant aspects of of the business structure of of how these projects evolve. To that so, point.
0: in terms of cryptocurrency, um, what are some of your favorite ones and why?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a very, that's a very,
0: very question. question. <laughs> I just yeah. it
1: so uh, of course the top three or four which have stood the test of time, and I think there are. To me, there are fundamental, not just romantic reasons to be involved because I think Bitcoin inspired most of us, the initial paper that we all read. And if you look under the hood, many of the technologies that, that blockchain encompasses are not really new. And I've written about this extensively to say, what, what, what makes blockchain special is the incentive economics and the economic model that makes the computing cheap enough for us to do that, You know, do what we aspire to do. So of course, from a cryptocurrency perspective, What's really inspiring is, again, Bitcoin stood the test of time, it's done well, and I think in some cases you could argue that the valuation is still, still in its phase where the fundamentals are yet to surface, so it's still speculative in some cases, but it's a trust currency of sorts, where we all need that currency to be able to play in that ecosystem and be able to transact. But then you start seeing evolution of that from Ether and Ethereum uh, from a technology Point of view is brilliant and what they're the internal transition that's happening from an existing model to an ETH 2.0 model a super interesting amalgamation of truly creating a platform that allows a you know anyone to be able to democratize their intellectual capital to be able to create a business on it uh, t- truly achieving the notion of what we want to achieve with blockchain is you know the the, the vision of web 3.0 is next evolutionary stage of internet is enabling and facilitating a transactional model that allows us as a global citizen to be able to connect with each other. So Ethereum from that perspective truly has shown us the vision of what's possible if we do this right and application of right tech in terms of trust system, in terms of cryptography, in terms of uh, scalability and and, and 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 security of the platform. I think if you do this right, it can really has have an enormous potential. And then you begin to see offshoot of these trying to tweak uh, you know, a few levers here and a few levers there and creating their own cryptocurrencies. And that oftentimes you begin to see a diminishing return because everybody has their own systemic sort of token or currency of sorts trying to solve what Ethereum and Bitcoin are unable to solve in, in some respects. So I find these two as my favorite. Of course, when you take this blockchain conversation to the enterprise context, we quickly lose the cryptocurrency conversation. We quickly move to a crypto asset conversation and I'm happy to describe the difference between the two.
0: Definitely,
1: go ahead, please. So it's it's interesting, right? Because the cryptocurrency element is is the foundation of, again, there's a supply and demand equation and there's the incentive economics and there's a valuation mechanism that allows us to value these currencies purely in some cases by demand and supply and purely in some cases of the scarcity of this as a resource in general. Uh, So many of the economic concepts apply to it, and the community that supports the network, both for Ethereum and Bitcoin, as two of my favorite sort of cryptocurrencies, um, you know, they are systemically defined. And there's, a, there's an economic model that governs the valuation, the flow and the creation of these currencies in the system. But if you take this conversation from a blockchain perspective and move it to the enterprise world, the enterprise world, which is mostly straitjacket jacket, regulated industries, establishment and entities who've been there in business for the longest time, who want to not only fend off the disruptive sort of powers that are emerging from the, uh, the permissionless blockchain world, but also transform the industries. And so you begin to see the notion of solving the issue of time and trust, and I've said this enough times, uh, as these two constructs have enormous implications in many industries. Um, and the notion of crypto asset then becomes that this crypto asset is a crypto representation or token representation of a real physical asset that is somewhere in the system, be it your house, be it shipping containers, be it gold, be it fiat. uh, These are all real assets that we have in our existing world that we live in. And so the one way for transforming uh, these enterprise in terms of solving some of these core issues, which leads to lack of trust and time and resulting cost of doing transactions. I think the notion of crypto asset becomes more prominent to say, we're not relying on some crypto economic model and some set of limited supply and demand, which drives the cost of currencies, but we are pegging this particular asset uh, to some physical uh, notion of a, of a real asset. And for the purposes of transition processing, for the purposes of movement of asset uh, in the system. So that combination quickly changes and you can see the difference between the thinking, but the underlying constructs and application of technologies You'll find there's a lot more similarities than differences. If 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 that makes sense.
0: Right. Absolutely. So, which direction does IBM? I mean, I, I know they talk about like it's more on the blockchain, the technology side of it. But is IBM at all thinking of having their own cryptocurrency or tokenizing their their business or something like that? Is is that on the horizon?
1: No. Um, and it's a vehement no for many reasons. Right. One is again. Uh, as much as I've written and talked about business models and competencies and and you know what business should we get into, um, we are we work with a lot of financial institutions, we work with a lot, lot of regulatory entities, um, and we are going to adhere to our sort of you know what we have done best for 100 plus years: technology service providers working with the clients and providing them platform services, consulting services. Um, and you realize that that you know our our work with our clients leads to transforming their industries and therefore transforming ourselves. Uh, if you enter the area of cryptocurrency and crypto assets in general um, you 'll find that most of us who are in the industry working with clients there's a whole slew of regulatory framework that we have to be aware of and so there is there is this element. An understanding of the industry-specific domain knowledge that's important. So, for example, all the stuff that's coming from CFTC, SEC, NYDFS, a definition of what's an asset and 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 how do you classify these assets as a utility uh, asset versus, let's say, as uh, tokenized securities that that has its own implications. So, there's a whole slew of these definitions that are e- evolving, and I think in many cases, you know, we are a tech company, and we will continue to be a tech company in transforming ourselves. Uh, at least that is that is Nitin's opinion in terms of how uh, we, we see ourselves emerging and playing in this space, is playing a role of technology provider, working with companies, helping them transform their businesses, and creating new product, new services, and new business model for ourselves. But I don't foresee us, because we're not a bank, we're not a financial institutions, uh, that would mean a change in our vision, change in our strategy, which I don't see happening anytime soon.
0: Gotcha. So, so basically IBM is not trying to become IBM is trying on the blockchain as becoming the, the platform provider, but it's not becoming the third party or, or anything that kind of defies the purpose of blockchain uh, to we'll, begin with.
1: We will stick to our strengths because we know how to do it better than anyone else <laughs> and we can still maintain a pool factor by providing, you know, unparalleled technology services with unparalleled security behind the system and giving you that trusted platform that is much needed for many of the blockchain sort of centric applications. So that's our core role. We've done it well for hundreds of years and, and uh, for you know over hundred years, and I think we'll continue to do this uh, job better uh, and compete effectively in the marketplace.
0: And who are your competitors, by the way?
1: So that's an interesting question, right? I, I, only because it's very domain specific and you compete at the business unit level. So if you look at purely technology services, you'll find that there are platform services that IBM provides from IBM Cloud and then you find services from amazon and 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 Microsoft as cloud providers. If you look at a services space, which is like global business services, you'll find that we compete and in some cases co-opt with their cohorts, which is Deloitte Accenture, KPMG and like consulting companies. And if you look at it in some of the other spaces uh, that again, for for instance, we are working on WorldWire as a cross-border payment platform and TradeLens, which is you know, trade logistics platform and so on and so forth. You begin to then take the sliver of that competitive element and, and, and be involved in those spaces which makes us unique, but at the same time, there are other platform providers uh, like R3 and like Enterprise Ethereum type initiatives that have some competitive element, though I think as an industry, I'd like to think that we're all moving together to solve common problems.
0: Gotcha. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time and the insights. I think we all took something away from this and the fact that you are behind blockchain, I think, is so empowering for people who are still deniers. Which I, I don't know, both well, are they still exist. I'm really excited to have you on to show them. Hey, look, IBM's Nitin is on this, and he's actually working on this, and he's he's leading the the technology, and and that's really uh, an empowering thing to say to see so um again thank you so much for joining us on the blog, and thank you the viewers for joining us and we'll see you next time on the block
1: thank you kiana thanks for having me and thanks for kind words and i absolutely love the energy that you have so keep keep that going that's, that's really good. <laughs> thank you
0: thanks. don't hang up don't hang up uh could you please okay. make a silly face for the thumbnail <laughs> anything is fine <laughs> i mean you don't have to go crazy this is actually okay but um okay that's know. fine anything any, any silly thing that's good <laughs> representing ibm no that's great yeah. okay we just wanted for the thumbnail thanks thanks again and oh actually now you're lighting up better can you do a silly face again <laughs> that's great okay thank you the <laughs> lighting was going up and down um okay so um thanks again and i'll be in touch we're gonna launch the, the the show i think in a month because we're working with bravo tv on the on the on the title and it was okay. maybe it, it might work out but we'll we'll send you a link of it when it's down i'm okay. probably and maybe you can help us get it around the social media. Yeah, But
1: was this what you expected in terms of content? Was it just free flow of information, right?
0: This was, was just going to be a YouTube show, but I'm going to syndicate it. So all my content uh, gets syndicated on Nasdaqinvesting.com and everywhere else. So, yeah, yeah. really, the reason why I thought of this is because people, uh, I wrote the Dummies book and I expected people yeah, to yeah. on it, even though I'm, I'm giving it away for free. People in my tribe, like my followers, are not buying it, and I ask them, like, why didn't you buy my book? And why didn't you get the book for free? And they're like, "Oh, no. it's a fraud! Like, we don't, we don't, we don't believe in blockchain. We don't believe in crypto." I'm like, oh, "Okay, I think there is a need to educate you, and I think no. for them to actually want to even go and read the book is to have some sort of trust in the in the industry." Um, sure. so, and, and I think education is everything uh, because this isn't revolution that is already happening, and I didn't want people to get left behind. So
1: agree, no, no, I completely get it, and you know that's why I think the technical book as well as business book is an avenue to, and honestly speaking, Kiana, beyond trying to make money from selling books, but I think it gives us an entry into some larger clients because you know at the at the end of the day as you rightly said it's intellectual capital it's intellectual domain and your progress on that domain and one way to show that is say you know what i've written a book on it and that just gives you that credibility that it is an entry point to many clients so I, I completely get what you're saying um, yeah i'm happy so to help you promote your stuff too so let me know what i can do for that
0: yeah absolutely thanks again <laughs> so much actually i like this little tidbit of our conversation on my i might <laughs> put it in the actual conversation because it was a little bit more conversational but yeah so we'll be in touch michael will let you know when the show is live and uh we'll talk to you soon again
1: hopefully sounds good good talking to you take care bye. have a good day
0: bye, bye.